Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast with a comic book problem. Shake the shit out of it. Yes, hey, and welcome to another episode of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Uh, Ellen always says that she can tell when I'm recording the podcast because she can hear the tone of voice changing um, from the other room. Uh, she was really hoping to join us this time. And then, of course, we rescheduled and she's now playing D&D because we are the hippest, coolest household in Southern California. Um, and we have with us Mr. Todd, Ms. Lena, oh. and Mr. Adam, and I'm Brian. Hello. See, I actually remembered everybody, including myself that time. I'm very hey. nice. we're, getting, we're getting good at this, finally. I know. We're, we're, we're definitely over the thousand hours at this point in time but um anyway so yeah so this thousand week, hours are we good so I mean, we're 10 percent to mastery something like that i don't know what it is. i mean if it's ten thousand hours but to become a master at it we're 10 percent there well uh, uh, i don't know <laughs> I, I have a feeling we'll all be long dead before masters then probably yeah but i mean well we are count, halfway there if you count my editing hours i probably am but uh i'm, I'm probably there but anyway uh elaine is not but the rest of us are old yeah elaine is not old but we are um I'm getting there but go ahead Hey, you know what? <laughs> you're always going to be the baby of the podcast, though. So I know it's yeah. amazing. Okay. So anyway, uh, yeah. So this is uh, the second book in our uh, back to school month. Uh, I would say the back to school portion of this is mainly the age range at which it's aimed at. There's not a lot of whole school content with it, which is not bad. Um, but this is a book called Primer. Uh, it's part of uh, DC's uh, push for a little bit more YA uh, content, um, mm-hmm. and uh, we will see how everyone feels about it. I personally think it was a relatively successful little book, uh, but. Mr. Adam, since it's inappropriate to be drinking while uh, we're reviewing a children's book, we're going to do it anyway. So uh, what is the cocktail for this week? Uh, yeah, so our cocktail is called Paint Thinner. Uh, you're going nice. to take an ice-filled shaker. You're going to add one ounce of vodka, one ounce of amaretto, one ounce of blue curacao, one ounce of light rum, two ounces of sweet and sour mix, and six ounces of pineapple juice. You're going to shake the shit out of it and strain into a ice-filled glass. I could drink like a gallon of that. That sounds great. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. look very pretty. I, I saw a picture of it online. I'm like, it reminds me of when I was a uh, younger, my buddy and I made a drink called Sewer Water, which oh. was amaretto, vodka, and then that Kern's nectar stuff. It was the peach nectar. Oh, it, yeah. Don't do that. Oh, it tasted delicious, though, but it looked like someone is shit in your cup. So, that's the name. <laughs> But it was delicious. Don't get me wrong. Cool. Uh, You're going to drink this shit and like it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's like, uh, I don't know if they still have, there was a, a trend there for a little while where they were basically making um, legal moonshine. And uh, I, I, w- I bought a bit of it and not all of it great, but uh, I don't know. Well, they sell a bunch of that up here. Well, it's, it's labeled as moonshine. I don't think there's it's a moonshine strong. brand. Yeah. There's yeah. a moonshine yeah. brand. I mean, and, like it's a, it's a mixed alcoholic beverage or it's, it's, it's done in the moonshine sort of fashion, yes, that fashion, but like in a, legal kind of way it's a legal way it also moonshine is a much better uh, term i mean it's also can be called new make or it's also called non-aged so when you have a lot of these liquors that are non-aged it means none of the um sharp points have been you know sanded down and mellowed and bring into a thing it's like here's this coarse raw shit that we did in our backyard drink this and you're like oh i'm gonna go blind yeah essentially highly potent flavored vodka so you know there's a a local distillery that uh they oh is it called Hammer Springs? I can't remember what it's called, but they do um they do all different kinds and they've been doing this bourbon for a while and every time they get it, it sells out. Well, I finally found some. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I got home and we both tried some because Clark loves bourbon. And it uh-huh. was like again, it was that really harsh, like the you know, the the edges weren't sanded off. They only age it for a year. So I think 
that's where here. Yeah. Okay. So they age it for a year. Uh, now the, the one thing I didn't get, but my friend got was they have the, uh, the maple syrup that's been aged in the whiskey barrels, but they actually mm-hmm. do add, uh, actual whiskey to it. So it's like a 3%, uh, ABV of whiskey, f- whiskey, maple syrup. So I, I was going to get some, but it was like 30 bucks a bottle. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Uh... So, but yeah, that was like, we, we tried some, I was like, Oh, this is like, this is like bad vodka with like a little bit of that whiskey flavor. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of great whiskey out there. There's a lot of really bad whiskey out there too. Yes. Like comic books. Yeah. That, that's also true as well. <laughs> uh, that, that is, that, that, that might be the other selling point we need to uh, make about the show is the fact that we go through the good and the bad, both in alcohol and both in comics. Um, that's right. But uh, Todd, what is your drinking game role for this book? Mrs. Nolan seems stressed out. <laughs> So every time you've got the, um, you know, foster mom and thing and she's, um, her attention seems to be elsewhere. She is really, you're like, oh, she's really worried about something, isn't she? You should Mm -hmm. take a drink. Okay. Uh, Lena? Uh, Really? To a kid? Um, uh, Anytime one of the military guys goes a little apeshit and you think that they're actually going to kill children, (laughs) take a drink. Okay. Um, I'm calling mine Papa Don't Preach. Uh, Every time uh, her biological father shows up as a uh, as a character not a great a guy no, no definitely most definitely not um and uh, mr adam no one took mine okay yeah. um i'm gonna go with splat every time there's paint on someone oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah drink little bits yeah, yeah little they, like little, little like honestly like just smell the cup every like fifth and take every fifth time take a sip yeah mm-hmm. uh okay um does anybody have any like thoughts they're just dying to get off their chest on this one <laughs> this was a cute book i did too uh you know not profound but uh no. cute you know yeah there wasn't anything to like really dive into but yeah for for a young kid this is actually really mm-hmm. i think a good intro into into comic books i thought it was really cute characters were good they you know the the foster parents weren't condescending in any way there wasn't mm-hmm. this weird um like oh god what's gonna happen like i don't mm-hmm. know i thought it you know, it was it was interesting. It was cute. It, it felt very um, Shazam. Mm-hmm. It really did, sense. didn't it? Yeah. And um, but you know, but with that, I just thought that it was it was a really cute book. Like I said, there's not it's fluff and and everything, but for for young adults, you know, 10, 11, 12 that want to start reading comics, that you know, definitely geared more towards girls um, than yeah, anything. Uh, you know. I I liked all the colors and everything. I liked mm-hmm. the art. I liked it. I really thought the it art was, was cute. fantastic. I thought yeah. it was cute. Yeah. It's not, yeah. you know, I don't think it's award winning by any means, but well, okay. I didn't, it was, I think it's award winning for children's, uh, yes, for, for like, children, for, is it, is for it not, children's is it book like saga. No, it's not going to go up like against, you know, like anything, anything about, mm. but like for its yeah. demographics of like that. Yeah. I think it's just right. I thought, yeah, I thought the, I thought the art was great. I thought the characters were cute. I, um, you know, I thought it was, I just thought the whole thing was, was really well done. And the fact that there wasn't this like huge misunderstanding and, you know, and everything, mm-hmm. it was her fighting with the the military and less her fighting mm-hmm.
working with her foster parents and mm-hmm. realizing that she like stood up against her dad where she's like, we are not the same and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like I thought from a character standpoint, it was really well done and, and everything, you know? So I thought it was really cute. I thought it was yeah, really I, fun at the end. Oh, tied into the whole, like, I'm not you to my dad is when the, the army guy turns into her dad at the end. Mm-hmm. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, you just made a big fucking mistake and just like <laughs> felt some upside the yeah. head. <laughs> yeah. 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 The other thing I think um, sort of uh, jumping on both of those points is I feel like this, uh, at least writing wise, maybe a little bit art wise, this very uh, deftly maneuvered through um, positions that could have been preachy, but didn't come across as preachy. Um, I think specifically some of the stuff with the, the, the foster dad where he's like, ah, no, you know, she's way stronger than me. Or, you know, like there's some, some like very deliberate non-standard gender roles, um, which, you know, obviously is something that our society is moving away from, um, which we were discussing before we started recording, but I don't think I recorded all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, so I feel like, I, I feel like it, it did that pretty well. Like, cause I think some of that stuff could come across as way fucking preachy. Um, and I didn't feel like it did, at least in, in my perspective of it. Sure. I mean, one of the things that Amy, my wife, Amy brought up is one of these days, which I think I would just get a guess of is um, my wife is, you know, school administrator. She wants her PhD. Mm-hmm. I would get a kick of here's Mr. Todd and his wife, Dr. Todd kind of a deal. Yeah. And just having that gender three gender yeah. say reversal, but you know, just things on that head there is I saw a lot of my relationship in these foster parents with my mm-hmm. wife and I, and I got a kick out of that. Yeah. And it's, um, Amy always says I help keep her young because mm-hmm. I'm silly. <laughs> you believe that, Brian? Am I silly? You're never silly. Silly. I mean, mean, there is, I think we've talked about on the show, but like it happens all the time where like Ellen and I sort of compare our relationship a little bit to Todd and Amy. And we realize that I'm the Amy and Ellen is the Todd. And every time she does something just to get my goat or just to fuck with me, she's also like, I'm the Todd. So it's always kind of like, (laughs) I'm the Todd. Like I'm doing something just to fuck with you. And I'm like, yep, yeah, you are. That's the way it goes. But you've got this relationship and you watch it and I guess... What is so great about this book is everything felt authentic when it came to the protagonist and the protagonist's relationships. Yeah. Kind of a deal. I mean, and you've got this protagonist that is quick to make a judgment. It's like, oh, this bad thing happens. It's much like these other things. I'm going to run away and I'm going to spray paint. Mm-hmm. And then a foster parent comes out. I was like, dude, you're really good. Let me show you my place. Mm-hmm. And she can be silly. It's like, I don't like pencils in your nose. And he's like, what these with pencils yeah. in her nose? And she is adorable. And her coping skills are an interesting method and they're reactionary. Yeah. The parents doing the foster, they're not perfect. They're questioning, is this really what we want to be doing or not? It yeah. is. Doesn't mean it's not hard. Yeah. So is the, um, the kids feelings seem come across very authentic. The parent foster parents, very authentic. Even the social worker. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, I've got a job. I'm trying to do my job. Let's mm-hmm. give these people a go or great. The military, Nah, a bit less so, but it's, uh, I mean, this was written for, you know, DC Kids was the um, imprint at the time. I mean, this and this is from it's, 2020. I mean, like, it's it, the, my copy says the YASLA, you know, 2021 great graphic novel selection. So, I mean, this is pretty damn current for yeah. us on the show. It's been there. It's been out for well over a year or two now. And no, for, um, it, I haven't published this 2020. Okay. Well, maybe 2020 but, was five years long. So, well, that's, that's right. So, but I can see where it still, felt like this, it's been out for five years. Yes. This is still <laughs> among the top selling DC books. Yeah. It's, um, it, as things go, like Watchmen might beat it as a few things, but as uh, new books come through, there's a lot of things that'll spike above and then fall away. This mm-hmm. thing just has really strong, continual cells. Yeah. And it's the uh, bright 
spotting it. The coloring and everything is great. It's one of those books mm-hmm. like, like, oh, this looks great. I love reading yeah. this. Yeah. And you've got this hero discovers like, oh, I find these paints and it does all these things. It's like almost a little bit of like an Alice in Wonderland feeling mm-hmm. to it. Of mm-hmm. Getting bigger. I'm getting smaller. I can do this. I can do that. And it does a wonderful job as you got this great character. And you're like, oh, I can feel like her and the sense of discovery and just rightness in the world, even though I've been given a bad hand in some ways, there's still a rightness in the world I'm dealing with. I just think is awesome. And it's it's a lot of fun. She's spunky, but not overly so. She's cute, but she's not overly so. Or, you know, all of these things is the author and the artist did a great job of going, oh, I could be this person. I can picture myself. In this. Mm-hmm. And then it just slits right in. And you're like, I see why this is so good. Um, and again, the coloring is awesome. It's not dark and drab and it's not monotone or anything like this. I mean, the art and the colors, I mean, talk about on point. Yeah. And the way it ended, it's like, oh, we have this full arc. There could be further stories. Her dad is a douche canoe. Mm-hmm. And that's still coming as a kind of a thing if there's ever a sequel to this thing. So it's a lot of fun. And it's um, it's great introductory to the genre. It's really on the line between Teen Titans Go kind of a deal and a bit more. It's not super detailed which makes it easier to follow. Sometimes we read some comics, like I absolutely loved Batwoman Elegy, mm-hmm. but that is tough to follow. And yeah. you've really got to be well-versed in reading comics of the flow and the art to actually follow it going, oh, this is really cool, but I don't understand what I'm looking at. This looks cool, but I don't get it. I mean, and that's where manga excels amazingly. One of the manga points, I think, is the lack of color. And it's very, you know, the four-panel thing is very easy to follow. This is great and easy to follow it was consistent the coloring was fun and vibrant and yeah it was a good little read i got a yeah. big kick out of this i really enjoyed it i mean is it my favorite thing in the world it isn't but there is i guess you go back to capra what was his definition of a good movie he has three good scenes and no bad scenes yeah there's a definition of a good movie is yeah. there three scenes that were good did nothing suck yeah good movie pretty solid yeah this is a solid primer is a solid book yeah yeah so, um the question i kind of did want to ask though and i just want to get other people's perspective on it is is i felt like um I felt the relationship with the mother or the stepmother her mm-hmm. being upset you could tell that it came from a place where she was genuinely concerned and wanted the best for uh the girl but i was wondering if if i'm reading that because i'm an adult and i see that or is it written in such a way that kids will also pick up on that and because uh, I, I think that's an interesting thing to sort of show you know a kid reading this is that like yes parents get upset because they are concerned about you you know what i mean sometimes you know they get upset for other shit too but you know what i mean i don't know did, did anybody else pick up on that or is that you know no, it's interesting. go adam oh i was saying i picked up on it <clears throat> But uh, my, my drinking game almost was dad's rule and mom's drool uh-huh. because every single time it ties into that where every single time the mom was upset for a good reason because she was worried and Ashley thinks, oh, she doesn't care about me. She doesn't want me here. It's like she's feeling yeah. that rejection, which wasn't really there. Uh, I think it does a good job of showing that as far as maybe sometimes why parents do the things they do. But at the same time, you know, when we were that age, when my parents said no, or they were upset because I did something I wasn't supposed to do or whatever else. I couldn't have understood the reasoning behind it because one, I didn't have kids and two, I yeah. still don't. But also because I wasn't mature enough to understand the reasoning behind it. They could have sat me down and explained very carefully why they said, no, this is what they were worried about. Mm-hmm. But I was 13. I was, I could rule the world. I was invincible mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I think it really takes a certain point of maturity maturity to understand that. And I would say for me, when I first started getting it was probably about 25, 26, when I moved to Utah and finally had to do things on my own for really my first time in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I get it now. That's why they said this. That's why they did that. Yeah. And I still have things happen. Like I, I'll still be like, oh, I get it now. And 
part of growing older and, and like I said, maturing is finally being able to see your parents in the light of they're not Superman and Wonder Woman or Superman, Superman, whatever your parents mm-hmm. situation is. They're just flawed people who honestly were doing their best. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. you know, for me, I, I could really tie into Ashley because, you know, they couldn't have kids. They were trying to foster someone to, you know, hopefully adopt eventually. You know, my parents couldn't have kids. So they adopted me. So when you're the firstborn, you're automatically the guinea pig for everything. Oh, yeah. I, I always joke about the fact that when I was a baby, I wore cloth diapers and we grew mm-hmm. up on a farm. So my parents made my baby food. By the mm-hmm. time Joel, my second brother came around, he was walking around at two, two years old with a bunch of Diet Coke in his bottle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you, they experiment, they learn things. And by the time the third, whatever many kids, it's like, ah, oh, fuck it. You're, yeah. you'll survive. The other two did. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think you bring up a really good point, Brian, about would it help kids see that? And I think maybe, maybe a little bit, but I don't think the target audience for this is going to be able to look at it and be like, yeah, they're like, oh, okay, I see why she said no, but I don't think they get the deeper nuance of the real reason she said no. And yeah. maybe that's just me being a bitter old man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and that's the thing is like, I genuinely, I don't, I don't know. Like I picked up on it, but I also can see my bias in, you know, I'm reading this as an adult, not so, not reading this as a, a teenager. You know what I mean? Where I found it interesting is the two layers I found to it is she stressed out at work legitimately so. Mm-hmm. And is that just carrying over to the little, to the things at home and compounding her emotions? Mm-hmm. And the other thing, and the dad seems way more laid back, but you look at the nature of the work of the wife. I bet she couldn't talk about her work with yeah. her spouse. Yeah. And it's um, the inability to actually, because she talked about some of the other things she was working on in very broad terms at the beginning. And he says, oh, this is what I was actually doing. It's like, she wasn't wrong in what she said or lied, but it sure missed the point, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's almost the equivalent like, what do you do at work? I stare at a computer screen and type on it. And that's true. Mm-hmm. but it doesn't really talk about the crux of it. And so you've got this uh, husband also there. That's more laid back. You know, he's a chill kind of a guy, but he, um, though incredibly supportive to his wife, if she can't talk about what's stressing her out at work, there's a lack of communication there that can probably feel very burdensome. And she feels mm-hmm. like she's all alone in this. Yeah. And I think also that, um, you know, with her job being a high stress and be so rooted in science and stuff mm-hmm. like that, having a husband who is a little more carefree and a little more art-based, I'm sure is a part of the, part of how the relationship works is that he's a bit of a release from her stress. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And I mean, right. you make a, a really great point is we've all had days. I, I know we have where you've had a bad day at work, you come home and you just, your, your partner's there and you're just like, Oh my God. And you just, you just spout all the bullshit that happened. Cause that's what right. you got to vent. Yeah. You got to vent. And in that kind of situation, and I've had friends who, you know, one of the, the partners worked in the military or did stuff for the government and they couldn't, they couldn't talk about mm-hmm. anything at all. And, uh, I was really thankful because I was, because with my boss, we were talking at work and I was like, dude, you tell me things. I don't even tell Clark. He's like, I don't tell you. I don't care if you tell Clark. He, uh-huh. He's not a part of work. You can tell him anything you want. Uh, so that, you know, for me, even when I couldn't, I thought I couldn't say certain things that was also stressful for me, not just because I felt like I was keeping part of my life from him, which I wasn't, you know, it's like, uh-huh. you don't need to know the details of like, so three o'clock I went and took a pee and uh-huh. cause three Oh two, I had a zoom call I had to get on, you know, but there were uh-huh. certain things that were very frustrating and to be feel like I couldn't explain even that small part of my day. That was really the root cause of why I felt that way was mm-hmm. difficult. So something like that, where you, you can't say anything. I mean that, yeah, I can see how 
hopefully having a partner like he was where he was more carefree and he could kind of help maybe ease her down, you know, kind of take the stress off her shoulders just by being himself and being able to kind of be her foil for what she mm-hmm. couldn't be. Uh, we're getting a lot more out of this book than I thought we were going to. <laughs> we're, oh, yeah. we're diving into a different layer. Uh, I, I really did like their relationship and I, I did like how he was able to be kind of that carefree spirit that was the opposite that attracted her kind of thing based on her work. So Yeah. Lynn, I haven't heard a ton from you. What are your thoughts? Um, I think between the fact that she's working on a top secret thing that she can't talk to her spouse about, but then also the fact that it's something that is extremely dangerous that she is like, God, what did we just create? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that causes a lot of things. And I think if anything, that also shows while kids may not have that mentality of, oh, she's yelling because she cares. It may actually show more of the, your parents are going through so much that you just have no idea. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's really what I got out of it. Like the, the husband was like, oh, she, you know, she yells because she cares. Yeah. And she doesn't want you to get hurt. And yeah. But there are other ways to go about it. I think the reason that it really came out the way it did was because she's under so much worry and anxiety and stress and she can't tell anyone about it mm-hmm. that you know, you hit your breaking point sometimes and you just don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, and so I got that more out of that whole interaction more so than the explanation that the, the stepdad or the foster dad kind of gave. Um, really the thing that I liked the most out of this was that when he, when the stepdad caught her vandalizing that wall mm-hmm. and he was mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and he was like, well, you know, and he's like, and she's like, we're going home. Are you going to bring me back? And he's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm taking you to my studio, you know, to the garage. So, you, mm-hmm. can, you know, and it's a studio and it's understanding that kids act out. But sometimes that that whole point of acting out is because they just need some something else that they're looking for some kind of outlet in something. Mm-hmm. And he saw that her art was amazing. And instead of her now going and vandalizing stuff, they go to the studio and they mm-hmm. paint and i was like that's really awesome it's in and the fact that she's been in and out of foster care and she's been kind of going through all these these different homes and so when she has the mom yell at her she thinks like they don't really care they like it, this is just going to be another failure and then mm-hmm. she runs off and then immediately when he finds her she's like you're bringing me back and he's like no uh we're gonna foster this this you know artistic mm-hmm. side of yourself so mm-hmm. you don't have to go and get caught by the police for mm-hmm. <laughs> a random yeah. wall um it just shows that if you actually listen to a kid and pay attention it just can change a lot and so that those were the pieces that i really liked about about this book the mm-hmm. other part i really really liked was even it was right at the beginning when she's like picking out what paints to use to go save the plane she's mm-hmm. like why did i pick fire what am i gonna do <laughs> light it more on yeah. fire and i yeah. <laughs> And so it just, it, but it's like, it's that same mentality of this like young girl trying mm-hmm. to figure out how do all these work? How do I save the day and still be quick thinking? And then as she's in it, she's like, I should pick that 
one. Damn yeah. it. <laughs> so um, I thought that it, it felt very real. And uh, I liked kind of the, and again, you're right, Brian, it wasn't preachy and kind of what it did, mm-hmm. but it did it in such a good way that you were like, okay, like it just, yeah. it, it wasn't in your face, like some, you know, after school special kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And, the, and the scene with the graffiti really reminded me also of uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, Miles Morales wants to go do the graffiti art and his uncle Aaron finds him. He's like, wait, wait, wait let's go over here. So they go like to the sewers mm-hmm. on a wall that, you know, no one's going to get in trouble for tagging a wall. And then like yeah. shows him some skills on how to do it. And then he gets bitten by a spider and craziness happens. But that, that yeah. really reminded me of that part. Like I was like, oh, yeah, I want to go watch this movie again now. Yeah. So yeah. that's also just an awesome movie. Let's be it, it is. Yeah. It's like a, it's a perfect movie. So. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anybody else have anything else they want to bring up? Uh, the one thing I wanted to say really fast was this reminded me a lot of Antihero that we read during Female mm-hmm. Antihero Month. But sure. the difference is, you know, being geared at a younger audience, probably preteen, early teen, uh, girls especially. But that being said, as much as I kind of stuck up, for, stuck up for that one, had I read this first, I probably wouldn't have been as nice because this shows what you can do with a really good story that's not... Because I was thinking back on it, and Antihero kind of did feel a bit like pandering, and this yes, one didn't bit, do yeah. it. And mm-hmm. we got so much more of a conversation out of this one. So there's stuff that mm-hmm. even those of us who are jaded comic book critics could mm-hmm. enjoy. And Antihero didn't really have that. So I'm glad we read this one afterwards because it would have... Yeah. Like, like when we did Darth Vader for Star Wars months and everything else was like downhill from there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, if, if you ever had someone, a kid who was interested in anti-hero, this one does it a lot better. Yeah, so. sure. I mean, and back to the characters of authentic, I mean, and consistent. You talk about the dad going, your art is gorgeous. How about we go over here and there was the redirection mm-hmm. of what he was doing is none of their behaviors were also out of character. Mm-hmm. You know, every now and then you'll watch, especially it seems like permanently on the CW, if the parents are there, they are so checked out. Yeah. Or like, you know, 9021 Hill was the perfect example of this. It's like, do parents even exist? And if they do exist, it's like, what's mm-hmm. wrong with them? They're not yeah. actually parents. And here, the foster parents were very much that. Mm-hmm. And she was up to her own shenanigans, but everyone was consistent and authentic of the roles they were playing. Mm-hmm kind of a deal. So what was great about that is no one was like, yeah, this character was there. I'm not sure what they were up to. They had this mm-hmm. title, but they didn't play that role, really. Yeah. And um, this didn't have that at all. So, I mean, you rooted for, you could see why the motivations and the actions were all pretty, um, you know, they they were there. And yeah. it, it, it was good. So it all felt like, yes, I buy into all of this yeah. kind of a deal. I buy into all of this. So yeah, it was good. Cool. Uh, well, then let's, uh, let's jump into grades. Uh, Lena, what is your grade for this uh i'm gonna say a i really i thought it was it was well done i'm interested Mm -hmm. to see what the next book is because of everything with the the dad kind of it let it ended on this these questions of i know who my daughter is and everything Mm -hmm. so um i am definitely interested in that in that side so definitely a okay uh mr adam Uh, i'm gonna go with an a as well for pretty much everything lena said uh the fact that it did anti-hero better Mm -hmm. and like i said you can be of any age if you're a younger reader or you want to get your kids into comics this is a perfect perfect book for it and it's also one that you can enjoy and read alongside them or also read and talk about it afterwards be like hey so mm-hmm. what you think mm-hmm. about it this is what i liked and you're probably both going to like a lot of the same things yeah cool um i'm also going to give it a name for uh all the the things i've said i really really like it um i think it's fun 
I'd also, it was definitely a book that I was like, I have some nieces and nephews that are going to dig this book that I'm going to probably mm-hmm. pick up an extra copy and take, cause I'm going to see them in a couple of weeks. So I'm sure there might be a couple of the copies of these going with me. Uh, to go see and them. is this targeted at a girl or a boy? Would you say? I could see it the either. reader. Either way. It goes either way really well. I think it's yeah, probably technically targeted as a girl, at, at a girl, but I think that it works for both. Uh, in my it opinion. goes really, really well. I mean, it's um, yeah. so much easier than your, you know, your traditional Nancy Drew versus the Hardy Boys. This is. Yeah way more in the middle yeah i think i mean i think the character uh is interesting enough on her own um mm-hmm. and is a unique enough character that like i think any kid will identify with the character as being a, a kid with mm-hmm. uh you know talents and interests similar to theirs um and like a misunderstanding with the parents as, as similar to theirs i don't i don't i don't see it being you know honed into one gender as much as, i feel like anti-hero was maybe more geared towards girls yeah um but uh yeah uh mr todd what is your grade i'm gonna give it the fawns that's an a yeah. Yeah. so yeah that's a lot of fun yeah cool by all means yeah, uh, definitely a very strong recommendation from all of us. Um, so next week we are going to be doing the Backstagers, um, which uh, is going to be fun for all of us here because all of us, in some way or another, have had some in like experience behind the scenes in uh, in different theaters. And this is yes. about a bunch of kids at a yes. uh, at a high school theater uh, and uh, what's really going on backstage. Um, it's a little cheesy, I will admit. Sure. Uh, I've read it. It's definitely cheesy. Um, but, yeah, and uh, so are most theater kids. So it works. Yes. They are. They are. This one, like, well then name of the book is rebels without applause yes so that's yeah. all you need to know <laughs> yeah. yeah um so Does like, that I think talk that, about stage crew tech crew members oh yeah i mean absolutely so i mean i, I think we're all going to enjoy it but I, I will give you the the forewarning it does have a certain amount of cheese factor just to be forewarned going into it but the author of this is the current writer of the main batman title yeah and like that oh. was the other thing is like it said james tinney in the yeah. fourth um mm-hmm. this is not my favorite work of his this is one of the first things i've read of his and i was like i don't know about this guy he he's done a lot of other and, and not to say this book he's gotten good. better um yeah yes. I, or i mean they, he's found a genre that he's stronger in maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's fun, but yeah. Sure. So. I mean, his other books making noise right now. He's got a Department of Truth as a series going on, and something is killing the children. Has also his children, but I did read the first trade of uh, some, uh, Department of Truth actually. So uh, yeah, yeah. So. so he keeps himself busy. Didn't he also do uh, the Woods? I think is another yep. one of his book. He did the Woods. Um, he's done a bunch of stuff actually. A lot of it yeah. pretty interesting. So cool. So, random side note. So I didn't realize this for until Todd told a story about Lagoon, but I was like, did Todd get a hand tattoo? Oh, yeah. I was very very confused. <laughs> For a second when we first started recording <laughs> yeah it's rucka safari that's the um yeah, oh, I, thought said hookah, hookah. I thought i said hookah hookah satan. safari yeah hookah safari looks like satan like satan <laughs> satan satan uh cool um well thanks everybody for joining us and uh we will see you next week with backstagers and oh sorry, that's not my line oh. i did you guys did not no. know what to go off of i know no, we no. didn't we were waiting for our cue i know my gosh i just i just broke the whole streak i'm gonna have to do it again absolutely. yeah no okay do it again yeah, we're recutting this in. So like, no, we're not. Uh, we're leaving it all in. <laughs> I don't know. It depends. It depends on the mood I'm in when I uh, when I edit. It. But, uh, Lena's dying because she wants to go get food. I am sure. I can see it in her eyes. She's going to kill us if she doesn't eat soon. Uh, so thanks everybody for joining us, and we will see you all later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, I finally got my line right. I'm sorry. Did you find the button? Yes. Push the button.